0: Hi, I'm Misha Chakrabarti. Welcome to Dream Awakening, a podcast where we have authentic conversations with people living with purpose. This podcast is also available in Spanish as Despertando Sueños con Misha Chakrabarti. Today we're joined with Sage Bear. Sage dreams of finding a realized life in the present moment. She grew up in Iowa in the US surrounded by a culture of success and constant production. Later, as an actor based in Chicago, this took the form of a culture of auditioning for a limited number of roles and the pressure to constantly turn her ideas into something consumable on a set timeline. In 2017, after finishing her undergraduate studies, she moved to Buenos Aires to study clown, acting, and improv in Spanish. Performing outside her context in a different language and culture, she found herself in the midst of a new world that was simultaneously terrifying and liberating. These moments of intense discomfort and vulnerability in front of a live audience moved her deeper and deeper into the present moment. This enabled her to connect with herself and others in a new way. She saw things in a different light and found a new sense of possibility. Sage met so many people doing their own independent projects instead of waiting for studios to hire them. This inspired her to produce her own original web series, Skype with Sage and Gringa. Despite her limited resources at the time, collaborating on these projects with the community that shared her inspiration gave Sage a new feeling of abundance and joy in the process while letting go of a predefined goal. On a personal note, I've had the joy of acting with with Sage in stand-up, and I absolutely love her material. She picks up on a lot of experiences that are so intensely human, and they really inspire empathy, and they make me laugh. I also have thoroughly enjoyed her web series, Skype with Sage, and I really recommend it for anyone, especially people in their 20s, or anyone in in an exploratory phase of your life who's looking to understand themselves. I also imagine it probably applies to so many people right now in the midst of the pandemic and just the complicated situation we we're, we're all living in. I'll share the link to both her YouTube and her Instagram for a Skype with Sage. With that, let's welcome Sage Bear. Hi, Sage. How are you? How are you feeling today?
1: I'm doing good. How are you, Misha?
0: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I have to say, I'm doing so much better now that you're here. It's so nice to... Well, the audience can't see your beautiful face, but it, it's making me It's making me smile. So thank you for being oh, here.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it's so nice to see you too.
0: I know. I have to say, so we met in Buenos Aires about a year and a half ago in very, very different circumstances. <laughs> and now we're very far apart in very socially distanced times. So it's nice to have this... Yeah wonderful excuse this whole podcast is just an excuse to reconnect with people who i've wanted to talk to so
1: totally oh my god what a privilege to be on here then
0: (laughs) oh yeah i'm happy to have you here well i'm just going to get right down to it sage um tell me about your dreams what are your dreams
1: oh my god well i was thinking about this because you you gave me you know a little prep and um i started a list of my dreams and then i was like i gotta just cross this out because it'll get too long but I think if I distill it down into like one professional dream I have, it would be to write bilingual scripts and produce them and act in them. Um, I, I love acting in a second language. I love the dynamics that come forward. I love, uh, I love what happens when you try to express yourself in a language that you can't hear in the same way you hear your, your native language.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's really, like, that's my dream. It's kind of scaffolded with all these other dreams, which is just to act, just mm-hmm. to write, to collaborate with other amazing people. Uh, you know, world peace is in there. Um, oh, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> get, yeah, getting better at uh, baking is another one. But this is why I have to cut myself off.
0: No, don't cut yourself off. I like I like hearing all these dreams, so I think... Um... I think one of the things that I really want to to show here is there are all these different types of dreams. So we have the when people say dreams, a lot of the times people think of like the, I don't know, professional dreams in that sense. But there are all these different things that can be parts of your most realized life. So um, I definitely want to get into everything that you just mentioned, especially kind of. I know, bilingual acting, world peace, all of those things. Um, but I don't want to stop you. You say, It sounds like you have a lot of dreams. So just tell, tell me all about all of your dreams and then we'll take it from there.
1: Well, if I go to like the center of what makes me feel really good, mm-hmm. I, I think it's like being a part of a cast or being like some of the times in my life that have been just like I just felt like I was exploding in happiness and mm-hmm. I felt very held were when I had a lot of concentrated time with a group, a cast, maybe we had a play that we were putting up together, um, or when I was making my web series, Skype with Sage, and we had this shared goal. So I think that if I distill like the dreams into one central thing, it's like I really want uh, an artistic community, you know, um, and to have shared goals and to make things happen it's just so fun to work with the same people every day really hard laugh your asses off inside jokes lots of struggles that that is the dream honestly is to just be with other amazing people and and do stuff
0: that's beautiful i think we i think we all want that ultimately i think um the the search for community, for really what it sounds like you're saying, it sounds like not just community, it sounds like family to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, oh. I, think, yeah I, think. I think we're all looking for that, especially in these times where there's social distancing, where people are so divided. You see it like like every, everywhere in the world, there's so much division, so much, I don't know, um, misunderstanding, um, anger. So I think especially now, what what you're talking about with kind of family and community is even more relevant and I think connected to that you talked about acting in different languages especially now like different cultures coming into contact with each other trying to people trying to understand each other when they're coming from different places so I think everything that you said is is so beautiful and so I don't know I think it's universal but I think also we're in a very specific moment in history where it's even where it's even more relevant um so I, I think all of those are, are really things that we'll want to to really dive into, um, but why don't we start with what what you were talking about with bilingual acting because we actually met um, in in some in a similar situation so we're both from the U S and then we met in Buenos Aires where people speak Spanish doing English stand-up there and then you also have done stand-up in Spanish as well so you've you've done I don't know all the languages and all the places so can you talk a little bit about um kind of what what it's like um I don't know the the both kind of the process and kind of the feel because there are two things kind of the process to create the content um to come up with kind of what you're saying when you're when you're doing stand-up or acting, I don't know if um, for when you if you actually write your scripts for acting. So maybe that's another question. But can you talk a little bit about kind of the creative process um, when you when you get ready to perform stand-up or act in um, in either Spanish or English? How that's the same, how that's different, and and what that feeling is like for you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I think first of all, like my interest in learning Spanish and language learning has always been a little bit about performance, Mm -hmm. um, which is strange because I also like, I have my authentic self in English. I have my authentic self in Spanish, but I would be lying if there, there aren't like personality differences, Mm -hmm. uh, in the way that I express myself in those two languages. Um, so I think like that just like, becoming cognizant of that, especially as I progressed and, and started speaking Spanish more fluently and having like meaningful relationships in Spanish. I just started noticing like, Oh, this is actually real. Like there it's real that I, um, am able to connect with people who don't hear the world in the same way I do. Mm -hmm. I, I always draw on this for some reason. Like, the thing that I feel about Spanish is, like, when I hear someone say a sentence um, in English, I have an entire lifetime of uh, cultural, like, and linguistic background that informs me. On I, I know what it sounds like. I know if it sounds mean, catty, funny, mm. stupid. Like, all these things are kind of, like, naturally just happen instantaneously Mm -hmm. and in spanish sometimes i don't know i could offend someone without wanting to at all because the way that i (laughs) phrase something is is so different than the norm but even more than that it gets down to subtleties where like you say things in spanish and people will be like that was a weird word choice you know Mm -hmm. like you you start realizing like oh i i learned how to say this but i don't know how i sound to other people um, and, and vice versa, like, um, other people, things strike me as as different ways and having different meanings that I'm not sure if if that's always the case. So it felt like this portal into um, just a new way of, like, connecting to other people and, and making meaning, um, and then also eventually, like, using that difference to you know, in an artistic sense, elevate dynamics, you know, like see, identify these human dynamics and then, um, they can be twisted and elevated by the fact that like there, there are these like gaps in, in background and knowledge. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's kind of a long winded way to start talking about that. But, um, I think that it combines with like the idea that from the moment you open your mouth to start expressing a thought, you're already mm-hmm. translating in some ways. Mm-hmm. You know, like my my brain, I'm already constantly trying to get across to other people. No matter the language, things do not go well pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. It's hard to express yourself. And it's hard to know, like, who you really are. If you're really putting out into the world who you really are, you know. And then... Uh, it just feels fun to explore that also in between languages
0: yeah well i I love what you said about um about being who you are and being who you are in these different languages and also i think that really relates to what you were talking about in terms of um how you're perceived by other people because i think um i don't know if this was your experience Um, But I think a lot of the times when we grow up in a certain culture, you're talking about when someone says something in English, you know kind of the tone behind it. You know if someone's saying something stupid or witty or what have you. Um, And in Spanish, you don't necessarily know that. So it's almost, to me, it sounds like there's a certain weight that things have in English that maybe there's like a certain lightness in Spanish because, you know, you don't have all that cultural baggage. And do you feel that, you know... You were living abroad outside of your culture. You probably didn't have as many friends. And also, you know, the language didn't have all these cultural intricacies, at least from your perspective. Did you feel kind of liberated in a new way? Um, you talked about kind of being yourself. Did you feel like you were able to be yourself in a new way when you were acting and doing stand up and, and even speaking in Spanish?
1: Um, yes, it was liberating slash terrifying like i think mm-hmm. that yes it is liberating but a big part of like that like liberating experience is that you're just like this is out of my hands mm-hmm. i do not know how this is going to go if i like honestly doing stand-up in spanish if you if you lose your train of thought or you mess up a sentence you can't course cor- i can't course correct with the mm-hmm. same finesse that i i might be able to in english um so I think that that was what was liberating was that I just felt, um, uh, like all right, just throw yourself off the cliff. And mm-hmm. um, and a big part of the the most liberating like artistic practice I've ever done is clown, and I started that in Argentina. Um, and basically, the whole point is to let go, like just be work from your impulses you know, um, don't fake it, connect with the audience. Um, don't question like what you're doing and be honest about it when confronted with the reality of like, what you're doing is disgusting or what you're (laughs) doing right now is stupid. Like, like confront those things and be, be open and, and jump into them. And that space being in a second language, uh, was very liberating because it really was explicitly like, oh yeah, that's what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be just throwing yourself off the cliff into this sea of impulses and weirdness and, and humanness that, that comes forward when you're doing a discipline such as clown. Um, you know, if, if you have no idea kind of how you sound or you have no idea what's going to come out of your mouth, or if you literally cannot speak and produce sentences, it really does kind of just, you're just like, I'm just this weird animal, like expressing myself in some way. And that is liberating, but it's um, humiliating as well. It's Mm -hmm. liberating, humiliating, terrifying, all those things.
0: Definitely. I have to say, I think it's, I honestly feel that more and more people should, I've never personally done the clown um, style, but it sounds like, you know, be confronting ourselves with our reality really taking like a deep look in the mirror trusting our intuition these are all things that i think especially in this time of you know fake news and all these politicians doing you just what whatever i think we all really need to to do a nice like global exercise in clown right now um
1: oh my gosh i i mean clown to heal the to heal the world i yeah. truly believe yeah. it because it it brings you in contact with yourself in a way that's, that's really profound. You know, I compare it to like, I don't know, things I've, I've read about meditating or like elevated experiences that you might have on psychedelics or, you know, mm-hmm. like I really think it's kind of in that realm of like mind opening yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and like getting, growing closer to like yourself and others and seeing kind of this enormous, ecosystem that we're a part of with each other
0: oh that, that's beautiful I love that I I think that that's something that um I think everyone can access that space I think for different people it comes from different places I um through different things I think you know for you it happened through clown I think maybe someone else that might happen through painting but I do think what you said about you know um about the fact that we can all access this kind of ecosystem of energy that that universal thing is there and kind of the things that take us there that's a very personal thing Um, but I I wanted to you talked about the the energy and you talked about meditation and you also talked about kind of following your impulses and it sounds like um, meditation is something that maybe I don't know if you, you started doing it when you were in Argentina but did you can you talk a little bit about your journey with meditation and your journey with kind of this kind of visceral experience that you happen with clown did that did they happen kind of in parallel did one kind of enable the other or how did you get to this place where you were able to feel this connection because I can speak from my own personal experience um that's not something that I necess I think there were like glimmers of it growing up but I didn't necessarily always know what it was or how to access that so can you talk a little bit more about how you got more in touch with that
1: yeah yeah well first of all i did say meditation but i don't have a meditation practice what i do have is a reiki practice which is kind of similar um and that came into my life in argentina as well um kind of uh after after i was like pretty deep into clown the the clowning really like really the reason I signed up for a clown class is because I did not want to have to talk necessarily in an Mm -hmm. acting class I was like this is going to be embarrassing (laughs) so um I just I signed up for a clown class because I was like I don't have to talk if I don't want to you know like I could be a silent clown um but I think that they do like very much go hand in hand so uh for me um so, Reiki, it's like it's energy healing. Um, and it has its origins in Japan, but a lot of um uh there's there's a lot of Reiki education in the US and then also in many countries all over the world. Um and I think for me it, it is kind of like it's similar to a meditative practice. It's similar to clown because like the whole point of what you're doing is just like sitting with yourself in a certain way or in giving yourself and like the things that you perceive and experience weight you know whether that be that like you believe that um energy is like flowing through your body and that it comes in contact with other people's energy and that that affects you you know um or or if you don't believe that still like you're sitting and giving like this so much um, time and space and process to, to connecting um, with like the fact that you're real. You're a being on this earth like you are having experiences and you're surrounded by other beings that are having experiences too. And like we're all kind of weird. And we're all kind of like interconnected and and changing each other and shifting each other. And there are like, um, I don't know, like we're just, we're very malleable and we're very affected by each other. And I think that those, you know, those two things have that in common. You know, in a clown class, you're not, it's not a solo deal. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even if you're up on stage by yourself, the whole point is that you are paying attention to the audience that you're picking up on their cues and that you're like giving of yourself to them. Um, and, and at least for me, like Reiki has been like pretty powerful in feeling like I, um, am in a physical and mental state in which I can give to others warmly and receive from others and like find meaning in, in others in a way that is a little, uh, more thoughtful than, than perhaps I had been, uh, connecting to others for, for many years. So, I don't know. It's that's, interesting.
0: That's beautiful. I, I absolutely love that. Um, I think that what you said about kind of everything being connected is something, I mean, there are so many things that you said that I, I want to get into, but, um, <laughs> I love what you were talking about with, um, with clown, With acting, with stand-up, and Reiki, about how kind of you connect with the audience, you connect with the person whose energy you're interacting with. Um, Because in those situations, it's very obvious. But ultimately, every, everywhere you go, every, every person you interact with, that's that's happening. But maybe we're not as aware of it because it's we don't have necessarily the same type of um, intimacy in that reaction. But I think at least my experience growing up in the U.S. is it's such an individualistic culture that and and it's so easy to kind of control things, at least in a superficial way, that I think it's easy to have the illusion that everything you do happens in a vacuum and the types of things that you do don't affect other people. Or if you, I don't know, go to a coffee shop uh, in a bad mood that, that doesn't affect everyone you interact with or um, or, I don't know, when you... I don't know, when you buy something that that the money that you spend is not kind of effect, having rippling effects throughout society. So I think that what you said about kind of how everything is connected is so important for the world that we live in today because really, um, I mean, now it's so obvious with the pandemic. We can, we can really see how everything affects everything um, kind of an obvious way. Um, do you have any... Um, I don't know, advice for if someone wants to start getting in touch with themselves, with others, wants to start to feel that connectedness, but maybe they don't, I don't know. And they're, they haven't really had an experience with that before. Do you have any kind of, I don't know, um, like what might be a nice way to start to get in touch with that? Um, or a gateway experience of some kind?
1: What a good question. Um, I think that everybody, like, most people, you know, God willing, have, like, maybe in their family or in their close friend groups or, like, have had at least times in their life with, where they perhaps, like, feel very connected to a group. Mm-hmm. Like, I always think about, like, um, college and how, like, the emergence from college can be very hard on mm-hmm. people. Um which I actually wrote, like, my my web series is very much dealing with that, like, what do you do after college? And I think part of that is because in college you're living with a lot of people and you're very much in it together, I don't know, not getting enough sleep, staying up late, living in dorms, living in houses together, and it's all shared, you know? But unfortunately, like you said, in this, like, very individualistic culture, it seems like we silo ourselves off um and like both have like the people that we are open with and connecting to and then the people that we just aren't um and the the group like of people that you really are connecting to seems to get smaller with time this isn't everybody um but i'm speaking from my own experience you know um and it's such a big question i mean i I feel like i can't uh I can't even begin to give advice for like uh, how, to, how to really like start consciously trying to connect with other people um, except for like I, what I feel more and more is that like the more you can take away um, goals in a certain way, mm-hmm. not that being goal oriented is wrong. I'm very goal oriented and I always have been. So maybe I'm speaking to myself more than anyone else and instead focus on process. Mm. Um, and in many aspects, you know, it's just, it's mindfulness, but like, um, to like bring to the center of like your values, the process of like being with someone else. Um, and you know, the process of if you're doing a project, the process of getting coffee in the morning, um, the process of, uh, talking to someone, even when you really need to be somewhere else, like trying to like sit in that reality, like where you are right now, that is where you are, you Mm. know? And, um, it's just, I mean, it's just mindfulness, right? I, that's where, that's where I start. And I know that I can, um, turn off sometimes and I'll get like very stressy. This is often if I'm like in the middle of a pro- pro- like uh, a project or something and I I uh, I feel like I'm always trying to like get to the next thing and um, it really doesn't make any sense because it's kind of like why are you running through this process? Like it is Literally the whole the all of the meaning that you're making right now happens now it's yeah. not once yeah. it's done and once it's done then you'll have nothing to do you know
0: exactly like
1: yeah. what's yeah. what's the big deal? Why do you want to be done with stuff all the time that's what I, I say to myself so I mean everybody is so everybody is so different and I really believe that like everybody uh, in the world has um, different callings like different gifts um and i think those can kind of get compromised when um when you're trying to like force a gift or goal to like have some like external mm. meaning instead yep. of it being yeah. like oh this is just something that i like to do or this is a you know you get what i'm saying i
0: do i think i think that is so important sage and i think it's definitely something that, depending upon the culture that you grow up in or that you live in, um, it's it might be more or less encouraged. Um, but I think it's 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 essential for just how we are as humans and how we're um, how we're able to make the world kind of a fully realized place. Uh, what what you said about presence is so important because ultimately you're right. Um, if you're thinking, always thinking about kind of what's happening in the future. You'll never really be able to kind of, um, like be yourself, enjoy the the fullness of the moment. Um, and I think you're right. Everyone has different thing, different affinities and different things that they're drawn to. We kind of talked a little bit about this earlier, but, um, I don't know. For you, maybe you feel most presence when you're doing Reiki or when you're on stage, whatever type of acting or creative activity that you're doing. Maybe for someone else, it's painting. Maybe for someone else, um, it's I don't know, racing. It could be, could be anything else. But but I think, yeah, being able to find something that kind of takes you into the now, where you feel the sense of flow. Um, I think that that is so important and. And as you said, to be able to truly do that, you have to kind of disconnect from the future and disconnect from the result, because then if you're thinking about looking forward to something else, looking forward to what, how it's going to be in the external world, it can't really naturally and organically um, evolve into what it, what it could truly be. So I think um, all of those things that you said, I've kind of, I kind of feel those in in my own life when, when I'm doing something that I truly enjoy. Um, and also you said something about kind of the external world. And I think that's another important part of it, you know, to let things come from within because we feel moved to do them. And because it feels like something that's natural for us instead of something that we feel, forced to do whether because we arbitrarily put ourselves, um, gave ourselves a deadline, whether society is pushing us in a certain direction. Um, I, I think what you said about kind of it coming internally versus externally is really, I think that's something very important. Um, and I, I did want to ask you about that because I know at least in my experience that I had a kind of a lot of pressures growing up in the US to do something kind of practical maybe more like scientific or engineering related um, or, or perhaps business related and um, while I think certain people like appreciate I mean people love to consume culture and like watch like TV shows all the time in the US and movies but when you if you tell someone you're an actor or if you say that you want to I don't know do comedy or something like that, they have they have a certain type of reaction. Did you feel that um, it seems that you feel this kind of natural um, propulsion to, to act um, and to do rake in, to do these things that might be less conventional? Did you feel that you had to... Um, uh, you had kind of a a sense of conflict with the external world. Like you, you wanted to do this, but society or parents or your friends didn't Mm. receive it very well, or I don't know. Did you, maybe, maybe you did, but can you talk a little bit about that journey to come into what you, what you truly love?
1: For sure. I think, um, well, first of all, I'm, I'm very lucky that I have like a very, I've just, you know, like as far as family pressures go, I've got a, i have got I got very lucky in terms of my mom just being like, I just want you to be happy. So that, that I think is probably, uh, very helpful. I think that she definitely wants me to, you know, work hard and, and Mm. do something. But as long as she sees me like, um, being well, she's pretty much supportive. Mm. Um, but I do think that there, this is something that I actively struggle with. And I actually know a lot of actors. and a lot of artists in general that struggle with just um, like this type of question or reaction, like, mm. oh, is like, that's what you do. Like, mm. what are you in? Like, where can I, you know, like mm. the idea that you're like, there's a lot of actors I know, including myself that are, you know, auditioning, auditioning, auditioning and just like not not really getting to be in a play anymore you know a lot of people also you know started loving acting because they were good at it in high school you know mm-hmm. and like got to be in plays in college and got to be in a club in college where you just you know wor- you did stuff you actually got to enjoy the work of mm-hmm. acting and then you get to a city like Chicago where it's like an audition economy and uh not that we even have auditions anymore but you know when Mm -hmm. in non-covid times and you're basically like constantly asking permission to like can i act like will you let me be in the show please like um am i am i good enough to be in your show Mm -hmm. i don't know do you think so like um it can be really disheartening and and really um, isolating in a lot of ways because you're transforming something that presumably you once loved into like a small business of yourself. And, um, a lot of that is just like learning to get better at auditioning, which I am, you know, trying to, um, but also, uh, like who, who says you have to be good at things? Mm -hmm. Like that's the conclusion I keep like coming to. I'm like, yeah, like what's the big deal, you know, like I think that, like, puncturing this, like, um, well, it's, it's a certain, like, self-importance that comes from the need to be affirmed and validated and yes, chosen, yes. Mm-hmm. and those are all important things, but, like, uh, it's, it does not, like, it, you, you don't have to do something well to be allowed to do it. That's mm-hmm. my idea. And I'm not saying that, like, actors that don't get cast are bad actors. There's so many good actors that are just, you know, exhausted uh, of auditioning. But, like, if you gave them the chance to really bloom or if they gave themselves the chance to really bloom, like, maybe they're the best actor in the world. We'll never mm-hmm. know, you know.
0: Yeah. But yeah. you
1: don't have to be. You literally can do things for fun. Um, yeah. And do them seriously for fun and take them seriously and learn and grow. So... Yeah, I think that I feel, uh, I struggle with pressure to transform all of these ideas I feel like I have all the time into mm-hmm. products, and then um, after I do that, I am like, well, now I've now that I've done that, how do I keep moving forward? How do I keep growing and 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 create another product so people mm-hmm. can see that I'm not just lazy you know yeah um so it's something that i i work on i try to like uh consciously let go of um let go of timelines as well i think there's a lot of timelines imposed on on people um especially in american culture especially yeah. on women yeah. um that like you kind of have to comply with uh to feel like you're not a failure or you're not like bogging down society but it's like what what's the alternative you know like really why do we consider some jobs and callings better than others we're all just you know living like the concern should be that like some people don't have enough money for food you know if you are out of that if you are able to like provide for yourself like good check you know that's it um so I try just like to consciously uncouple, consciously like uncoupling like with the toxicity <laughs> of, um, of like success culture of, you know, all this stuff that, that really at the end of the day doesn't matter, you
0: know? No, no, no. I, I think that's really the only way to make it through the world these days. But also I think even, even in kind of a healthier time, I think it would still be important. Um, like, you're, you're so right. I think it's, it's, it's just ridiculous that we live in a society where, you know, ultimately everyone will be moved to do different types of things. But you can only really, you know, survive and be able to have money for for food if you force yourself to do certain technical things that you might not even feel moved to do. So I think, first of all, I think that is ridiculous. But um, getting into kind of the more essential thing that you said, I really, um, I think it is so important what you were saying about... So many of us feel this need for external validation. And depending upon the society you live in, there can be a lot of pressure to continually produce. And people, you know, you put something out there and then people consume it and they're already tired of it. And um, you just have to keep putting things out if you want to to exist in that culture. Um, And you're right, there is this sense of kind of like linear time. Um, I think what you said about kind of finding a place internally so that you can like let go of that and kind of to do things from a more natural place is kind of really the only way to you know be a human and to be able to really create things that are beautiful and genuine Um, and I kind of wanted to get into your show Skype with Sage which I I love and I have to say that um, I I think that um, one of the nice things about there are lots of problems with the world today but one of the nice things is now there are kind of tools for, uh, for people to kind of create themselves, so you don't necessarily need to go through kind of the machine. You can kind of create on your own. So, can you tell, talk a little bit more about uh, maybe this is maybe this is where it came from? You said, oh, well, there are only so many auditions. Let me kind of do my own thing. Um, um, but yeah, can you talk a little bit more about kind of your journey to, to create Skype with Sage and also kind of what inspired it? Um, what do you, what do you hope to kind of, um, people learn from it? What did you learn from it? I'm, I'm asking a lot of questions at once, mm-hmm. but can you tell us a little bit totally, about kind totally. of your journey with Skype with Sage?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much for watching it, by the way. Mm-hmm. I'm very moved. Um, I with Skype with Sage I think that it it, like looking back on how this whole show came about I'm like well life is a series of twists and turns like I Mm. never thought that it would have become like a thing and like I I mean one of the larger things like projects that I if we talk about like you know the project the product that you put out there this Mm. is one of them um I did not expect that but um I think, uh, th- I have an interesting, um, the reason I wanted to write something is because what I wanted to do, uh, was practice writing a bilingual script, you know, and like I occupy an interesting space because I love acting, um, in Spanish and in English. And I love, uh, I loved like all the relationships that I developed that were in and out of spanish and english and the spanglish i was in contact with and like how delightful that was and, and niche you know and it, you living in in buenos aires um and and being an american in buenos aires you totally you must recognize that you know like the mm-hmm. the different languages and the different dynamics that come forward and how fun that is um but you know it's different than it, it felt like it had to be kind of close to self because um, I'm, you know, I'm an American who learned how to speak Spanish. I speak it with a strong accent from mm-hmm. from Buenos Aires. You know, like, it just felt um, like, uh, okay, well, you might as well just write a script based off the conversations that you're actually having. This was when I was, like, 22, you know. I legitimately just, like, kind of lived... <laughs> the the plot that i wrote you live Um, with sage (laughs) yes it's very close to self um i was at home and i like wrote it up over like a week um and i was thinking and meditating basically on all the conversations i was having and all the different reactions i was seeing uh, in my friends and and the important people in my life to our young adulthood you know i'm in this cohort of 22 23 year olds and People were coming out of college and trying to embark on careers, and um, it, you know, people were becoming like trying to become like real people, quote unquote, coming out of a a lifetime of schooling for most of them. So I wrote it. Then I forgot about it for a really long time. I think I actually thought that I was going to be able to produce it that summer, like, over Skype. I was like, we'll just record our Skype conversations and I'll have my legit friends, like, do this. But um, the reason I ended up producing it in Buenos Aires, like, three years after that, is because um, I had uh, connected with a, a few people who do video production because of my other web series gringa that is not available for people to watch yet but it's an educational series um that i produced with my friend zoe stricker and then um isra cabral who also uh produced skype with sage i just had connections then to like to people who who were in the film industry and i started noticing just like by becoming friends with these people that they were just doing products for fun you know and i was like well why can't i do a project for fun
0: um, yeah.
1: and I had this script all written and I found like an actor who could act in Spanish and English the wonderful Chris Condomi um, was... and I was like well you know fuck it um, so it, it was an interesting dynamic because it was this script that I, I didn't I think it could be um, a little more like a little tighter construction wise because I just wanted to copy my conversations. Mm-hmm. I did not really cut them down. The plot is, uh, the plot is there, but it's it's very like I just wanted to like do an homage to all these conversations I was mm-hmm. having. But I, I I produced it like years later, and my life had changed, and my perspective had changed, and I think some of the ways I express my ego have developed. Mm-hmm. I hope I have matured. Um. So, uh, yeah, we basically had a blast. It ended up being a cast of like 19 people, people from all over, um, worked with, uh, a great team and, uh, and we did it on, on no money. So nice. that, that was the, um, I mean, I probably put in like 400 of my own bucks buying empanadas and, and <laughs> dish drives and powered
0: by powered empanadas. empanadas. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um, but, uh, it really was like just salt of the earth, like home, home cooking, you know, mm-hmm. just making it happen. Um, and I learned a lot. I learned that film is actually very difficult. Oh, yes. Okay. Very difficult. Uh, and that uh, producing without any money behind it is very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I learned um, that I absolutely love um, being able to produce my own work. Um, something that I, uh, I probably knew about myself on some level But um, it just feels very empowering to to have something that like from start to finish, you just kind of made it made it happen, you know, but it also feels very vulnerable and scary sometimes. And now, you know, there's this uh, web series out there that's pretty close to self. It's literally like sage's diary from age 22
0: that i released at
1: age 26 so if i had told my 22 year old self oh i'm actually going to like put this out there years later when i am more mature than you and have my shit together more she like 22 year old sage would have lost her mind she would have been like why are you humiliating me like this why are this why are you doing this to me um but uh, I'm glad I did it, and I, I just am really thankful that I got to work with such talented people. I mean, just the best, simply the best.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. No, you, ha- you had a great team. Um, and I have to say, one of the things that, that struck me about that is um, it is very intercultural, but I think what you're saying about meeting people who kind of just do things for fun or do them because they want, that strikes me as kind of a very Buenos Aires thing because, you know, here you have people who maybe they work for a bank all day, but then they go home and then they, they're a sculptor or they work for an IT company and they go home and then they, they're they a poet. Um, so you see people who do these creative things because they just know that if they don't do them, their life will cease to have meaning and um, they're just very creatively inspired um, so that's something that that really struck me is even though um, your your script is very bilingual and you still ha- you have kind of a mix of cultures like that kind of Buenos Aires creativity um, and kind of passion and that sense of kind of that you can do something if, if you want to do something you should just do it I, I definitely kind of feel that when when I watch that and I feel that as you're as you're saying that and I think um, I think that's something that you know you were talking about things that happen between cultures that's definitely something that i learned from coming here that i hadn't experienced before kind of the sense of kind of possibility in the sense that oh you don't need to have everything completely figured out like what matters more is kind of the essence behind it um so yeah that, that really came through so I, I absolutely you know loved that um And another thing that you just said right now about kind of you saying to to 22-year-old Sage, talking to 22-year-old Sage, I think so many times in our life, we don't necessarily know how something that we do will... um, will come back later in life and I think a lot of the times we say oh I wish I had known at this age that I wanted to do I don't know production because then I would have studied production while I was in college or I would have I don't know from the age of five I would have like like I don't know met my parents friends and like worked with them all summers on this but you really don't know how all these different connections that happen in life or all this winding path like comes, it really comes back full circle one way or another. And I think that it's its really cool to hear you talk about Skype with Sage and all these, you know, relationships that you developed in a very organic way then kind of gave you the sense of possibility, gave you this wonderful family who you could work with on, on this really exciting project. Um, did you feel while you were um while you were producing, acting, writing um, Skype with Sage, did you kind of feel that sense that of, of everything kind of being connected and coming together? Did you kind of feel that serendipity? Did you feel like things were, were coming full circle?
1: Um, yes and no. I think definitely it was, it was stressful. That was, mm. that, it was a, um, I quit my job. I had to. And I just dedicated, like, all my time to doing this show, basically, for my my last couple months that I spent in Buenos Aires. So I think that, like, if I'm 100% honest, like, uh, I, I, it was the best of times and it was the worst of times. Mm -hmm. Because um, I really was, like, trying to produce this show and, like, it was a lot of work and I didn't have enough money to, like, uh, pay for, like, a lot of assistance or anything. So I really felt like it was on my shoulders. Um, and I also was extremely grateful and felt almost indebted to the people who were, who were working with me. Mm -hmm. Um, and like that produced like, uh, like positive and negative dynamics. But like, I, I, um, like I just have to put that caveat in there, Mm -hmm. but I do have to say that I had moments. I had so much, fun actually doing the acting yeah and the joy of like showing up and like seeing just like the coolest dude ever Isra the coolest other dude ever Manu two producers seeing them like actually like investing in in my project and like wanting to like bring the best that I could to the table and just like the the hours of work of acting that I was able to do, like it did feel, it felt like this is, you know, there is nothing better. There is nothing better than, um, for me, (laughs) than having the space to, to act, you know, Mm -hmm. and to like bring something full circle. So I did feel, I felt that, um, it was very, uh, emotional and it, I, uh, I appreciated that that people were wanting to participate in this. I I felt pretty, like, shocked all the time, honestly. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, I think that when you're in something, it's kind of hard to simultaneously process it, and especially if you're in it, I'm stressed. But I I had the feeling like this is the only time in my life that this will really happen for me in this way. I -hmm. hope not... I I hope that it's not the last, like, work that I do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Um, But I mean more like these circumstances will never be the same. I will never have, like, lived in Argentina for a couple years, written this script, um, decided to produce it without money, found these people. We'll never all be together in this way again. So I Mm. had, like, a profound undercurrent of, like, gratitude and awe yeah during the process um and and then also, I was like, also I will never do this again because it is hard like yeah. you gotta have a team like that you can really like work with and ideally money to yeah. to produce yeah. stuff, so
0: No, that, well, that definitely gets back to what we are talking about, presence. Like, realizing, like, just the uniqueness of that moment and just how special that circumstance was and, like, really living it while while you're there and appreciating it. Also, maybe feeling kind of the uncomfortable, kind of more real, not fun stresses that come with it. But, um, yeah, that definitely sounded like a lot of presence there. um, And another thing that you said... um, you were talking about um, oh my god, I lost my train of thought. Let's talk about presence. Um, mm-hmm. you were talking about oh my god, I completely forgot what I was gonna say. Um Yeah. yeah. No, th- th- there there's so That's many me things. Awesome. <laughs> yeah this is, what, this is what happens, Sage. You say it's like so many you drop so many nuggets of wisdom and I can't think about Love like it. which thing I, I want to talk it. about. Um, <laughs> oh, presence. Yeah, no, it's gone. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> well, we talked about a few. We talked a lot about kind of um, being being in different cultures, and um, something that I have found, and I don't know if this has been part of your experience. Um, people talk about like culture culture clashes and how it can be really uncomfortable. Ah, I remembered. Okay. Well, I'll ask you about both. Um, okay. uh, so w- talking about like uncomfortable experiences and things being real, um, I think that something that people will really appreciate is hearing about kind of, cause right now you kind of have a day job, but you still are pursuing acting. And um, you have kind of this thing that makes you feel really connected and really present. Um, that you'd like to kind of manifest in some way but then also we have a lot of very real realities in this world we're in a pandemic we need to kind of find a way to survive so can you talk a little bit about kind of how you reconcile the two of those and how you're able to kind of be practical but also kind of do things that you want and and all the messiness that, that happens with that. I'm sure a lot of there are day there, there are days. So I'm um, just, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the good, the bad, and the ugly of that?
1: Yes. Oh, Misha, this is the thing. Like mm-hmm. it, the, the balance is so challenging and it's, you know, it's an everyday, you know, learning experience. This is why I value conversations like these because mm-hmm. I think that, um, for as much as I say and like speak about like what I what I feel sometimes like the feeling is like I don't know how to reconcile these yeah, um, yeah. so uh-huh. Uh-huh. but um I think that well first of all talk about a cultural difference to come to Chicago after being in Buenos Aires like you said there's just such an arts based culture there and I also think that the economy and um, the The work norms are such that people really seem to have more hobbies that they put their time into. I think that mm-hmm. we don't realize how consu- consumer-oriented we are in the U.S., even in, to the point where, like, mm-hmm. leisure is consuming. Yes. yes. You know, oh, so um, and so that's not as much the case in Buenos Aires. It's uh, I, I was always amazed by the fact that, like, people considered – doing the, a clown class, like, an important part of their life when they had, like, kids and stuff and a real job. And they were like, yeah, I mean, I do this because it I need to. I need yeah. to be doing art also, you know. And and that's that's a little more rare in the U.S., mm-hmm. I would say. Um, I also would say that, like, even the, like, the greatest artists of, of Argentina do a lot of shows that are like a la gorra so mm-hmm. like you're going there like you're you're putting it up yourself mm-hmm. you know and then like hoping to get uh, donation based or like there there's it's a lot of like self driven projects mm-hmm. whereas the, uh, it, the the acting world of Chicago is very uh, audition based you know mm-hmm. so when I got here I, I was just like oh my god Like, I just am going around. I am legitimately going to the same room every day, sitting in it for five hours, getting to go in front of someone for 45 seconds, and I'm asking them, like, do you think I'm worth it? Do you think Mm -hmm. I'm worth it? Do you think I'm worth it? And, like, that felt so bad to me because I was like, why do I have to get permission to act? Mm -hmm. And the answer is because of money and resources. And, um, that's, you know, I'm very, I'm happy with, uh, the, the jobs that I have because I am able to live off Mm -hmm. of them. And because I, you know, working at a coffee shop, I talk a lot. I get a Mm -hmm. lot of like, I I get a lot of good conversations in there. And that to me is the stuff of life. Um, I MCPS. don't wanna I don't wanna
0: interrupt you, Sage, but I'm I'm gonna interrupt you because I think yes, you please. said something really beautiful that I, I I also remember the other thing that I want to say and it's all it's all connected. You yeah. talked about those those conversations with at the coffee shop being the stuff of life. And I think that a lot of the time we have this idea that, oh, um, uh, I wanna be a famous actor. I wanna be, I don't know, like Meryl Streep, and that is the stuff of life. That is like thing, that is when you've made it when you're truly living but based on what you're saying and also things that I generally feel kind of having those kind of serendipitous organic conversation at the coffee shop I mean that's having a realized life or having what when you were talking about kind of your very humbling experience working on Skype with Sage and having these people who you feel very inspired by and you love working with having them just dedicate all of those hours of Um, just because they genuinely wanted to be there with you and, and the experience of acting with them, um, the way you're describing it, that sounded like being fully realized. Like that is, is, you know, life. Can you talk a little bit about kind of, you know, now that you've kind of lived, I'm, I'm totally going in a different direction, but um, now that you've kind of lived a lot of different places, had these different experiences acting and working, can you talk about kind of that feeling of realization and kind of, I don't know where kind of how it came up in unexpected circumstances or like what that feeling is for you
1: Mm -hmm. what a good what a good question again um that feeling of like really being in something and like connected to it i i think that it has a lot to do with like where when when you don't want a moment to end you know Mm -hmm. um and For me, my emotional life is so up and down that, like, within the same moment, Mm -hmm. I could be like, this is the best. I need to leave. You know, like, moments (laughs) later, I just want to I think that's everyone.
0: Everyone. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But there are just, like, these soaring moments where you're, like you know, as a, uh, when you're writing something where you have a moment where you're like, I'm really actually writing. And then mm-hmm. two minutes later, you're like, I'm going to go make a cup of tea. I'm going to go, I, I, <laughs> I need to do anything, but anything, but write. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that, um, they're very fleeting
0: mm-hmm. at
1: least in my experience. But, um, I think that the, the takeaway is that like those moments don't, like they happen when you're doing something and they usually do happen amidst like a lot of hard work, maybe mm-hmm. some suffering, you know, um, maybe some um, negative uh, feelings about what you're doing. They don't exist so much um, in the, the the finished product, though mm-hmm. I do, you know, I, I think that things there, there are some art that I prefer to other art, you know, I hope to continue improving, you know. Um, and I see that I I don't think it's all a wash in terms of the product, but I just mean like that those moments are absolutely not, you're not experiencing them when you're just watching something back, you Mm -hmm. know, or, um, reflecting on something. It's like the moment when you're, you're on stage or the moment when you, uh, are, are sitting in front of the camera and like, actually having having an emotional reaction or, or doing something or laughing with your your co, co-workers.
0: Mm-hmm. I There's mean, yeah, like that, in yeah the you, doing. you were saying that kind of when you finished, like when you're doing Skype with Sage, you were so in it that you didn't even kind of, it didn't, the fact that it was kind of this full circle moment that it, you were kind of finishing something like that didn't even occur to you because you were so kind of in the experience of it. So that that really totally yeah that makes complete sense.
1: I've thought about that a lot too. With because I I wrapped filming on Skype with Sage and I went back to the U.S. pretty much a week a week later. I think like it was very it was a it was a dramatic end to my time in in Argentina mm-hmm. and. I had the plan I, to to live in the U.S., you know, and kind of, like, went uh, into this new new uh, life with um, a project hanging over me that still needed to be edited, and I didn't know how or when or if I wanted to for about a year. Well, I didn't really edit in earnest until um, quarantine started being a, a thing mid-March, and um, And even then it was just like pulling teeth. And I think part of that, I think a a big part of it is because I am not um, an editor. It is very difficult. Editing is very, it's just very difficult. Um, But it also was like, because when you transform something into um, a video, it's very cool. It's very empowering. You can really cover up a lot of like Mm -hmm. really bad acting with editing. Editing is magical. Mm -hmm. But, um, but I think I felt some resistance because I was like, this memory is one thing to me. And when I edit it, it, it will not, it will be flawed. You know, it will be, um, out there then and it kind of feels like it won't belong to me anymore um Mm -hmm. so i think that that was like probably underpinning a little bit of my resistance um though i'm kind of giving myself like it also was just like resistance to editing i just Mm -hmm. didn't want to do it um but i edited the show so rapidly and like sometimes I'll say it a little sloppily, like there's some, there's some, sometimes when I click on a link on, on YouTube, I'm like, well, you really could have taken a few more hours and made this so much better, but I didn't want to. Um, I, uh, I just like realized like, um, yeah, that like the final product is, I, I I didn't, I didn't sit in that editing process in a very, comfortable way. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that it's probably much more shared experience than I realize that like uh I think a lot of people go through life trying to finish things like mm-hmm. running um and and that's okay especially like with with a project when it's just like let's get this out there like mm. call it, you know, it's we're a year out, let's be done. Um but uh, I hope that someday, it's not right now, I will be able to, like, come back to this and really, like, laugh at how um, how much work this was for and to, to like, gestate and, and self-produce a show, you know, and that I was willing to do that. That actually is a very special thing. But when you're in it, it's just kind of like I'm doing too much and too little. I'm tired um, as fuck, but like it's still not good.
0: <laughs> that yeah, was like my yeah.
1: mindset, you know, so
0: yeah, no, I think that's a very universal feeling. I have to say um i've I've been feeling that recently with um with editing the podcast, and another thing is you kind of just it's it's really hard to say when when something is done because you could. As you said, you could spend five more hours editing something, but is it really worth it? Will the audience really know the difference, or is it just you are being so much more critical of yourself than than everyone else? So I think, I think, yeah, there is there is a certain level of that. Um, that also kind of gets to this thing that that um, you kind of mentioned a few times about kind of you know the idea of control with our life and kind of putting it out into the world you don't have control over that you're on stage you don't necessarily feel the same level of comfort with the language and you have to interact with the audience there's a certain level of control you're relinquishing we're in the middle of a pandemic it's obvious that there's a certain level of control we just do not have you get to an audition you can prepare all you want but you don't have control over what the person's going to say so You've had a lot of experiences in your life where you've come into kind of direct conflict with this idea of control and and how little we we might have. Can you talk a little bit about about that experience and what that's been like for you?
1: Yeah, I think um, control is like such an illusion, especially with performance. Um, Like, I remember the first time I bombed in stand-up It was absolutely insane. Like, I could not believe how nervous I got. And Mm -hmm. it was like the third time I did stand-up. It was for BA Comedy Club, actually. Mm -hmm. And I, for some reason, the first two times, I, like, hadn't prepared at all. And I just was like, fuck it. And I went up there, Mm -hmm. and it went fine. It Mm -hmm. probably was not very good. But then I prepared a lot the third time. And I absolutely was so nervous, Mm -hmm. completely bombed, could not, I just did not. We've all been (laughs) It It was not it. Um, And like drawing on that kind of like, like panting panic of like, Mm -hmm. oh, I am actually, I can't steer this ship. And I chose to come up in front of a bunch of people and like, tell jokes what kind of fool (laughs) willingly would put themselves in that situation it just was like it was almost an out-of-body experience yeah and um I think that 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 like I'm in some ways continue to seek that you know and uh that because that was more valuable than um and humbling than you know most experiences in my yeah. life um mm-hmm. it definitely didn't feel good that's for sure but i felt like um like this wild like lucidity of like just understanding how truly bad it was mm-hmm. you know i was like this is truly bad um and uh i kind of i don't know i i i draw on that to to reframe and continue to like keep a sense of humor mm-hmm. about all of this like present stuff because um, it really like the the worst moments can be your 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 most present mm-hmm. and like remembering that like yes everything matters but also nothing matters simultaneously <laughs> um, that's like a good like kick in the pants to to keep that um you know centered
0: definitely I have to say I think for me like doing stand-up has given me kind of a new way of looking at life honestly because whenever something whenever something bad happens to me I'm in the moment I'm like ugh. I wish I weren't here. This is awful. But then, like thirty seconds later, I'm like, "Huh." Eventually, this will be hilarious, and it will be great, great material for stand up. And then, yeah. I don't know. Just knowing that that exists, I think gives. I think it, it shifted kind of the way I look at kind of difficult situations in life, where I think, okay, um, like what I obviously didn't want this to happen, but what can I learn from it? Or can I at least accept it because it's, it's happening whether, you know, like you're bombing in front of five, like 500 people. And well, I mean, I've never had a show that big, but like you're bombing oh, in front yeah. of a lot of people and <laughs> you
1: God, there were like 10 people at the show, it, right? Enough to make me <laughs> devastated.
0: But, but you're there, whether you want to be there or not. And, and the situation is happening. So you kind of just have to accept that. And I think a lot of the times, um, if you have been able to control a lot of your life before, um, it's kind of like, oh, well, this time you can't escape from the reality that's happening now. And it kind of gives you, you know, practice. It's practice for the, it's all really practice for the pandemic when it comes down to it.
1: It's true. We've been, yeah, we needed this. No, just kidding. That's very expensive. We don't need this at all. But uh, it, it has like thrown a lot of things into relief, at least for me personally, in terms of like, oh, you thought that you had control. Everybody did. And, and we really do not, you mm-hmm. know, in a very serious way. But um I was going to say what was oh.
0: Now this time I like threw you off from asking all these random questions.
1: <laughs> no, no, I I remembered it though. Um I uh with the medium of film, mm-hmm. I found that like it's a slow burn mm. more with um with the things that you uh the mistakes that you make. Um and that has been a new and exciting challenge for me because, mm. um, first of all, there, there were some things that I just, like, could not resolve or fix that I wish I could have. Um, but uh, there are also, like, decisions that I made, like, uh, in the fourth episode, my, um, I use a nickname for a friend, which is Boogaloo.
0: Mm -hmm. which
1: has now become extremely famous for its uh, connection to white supremacist groups in the uh, U.S. Yeah. And I um, and this is just because Boogaloo is like a type of dance. And I legitimately with a friend, we would always like we we really liked this movie, the Mm -hmm. Electric Boogaloo, too. Mm -hmm. And we thought it was hilarious. And we would like say it to each other and like call each other that, you Mm -hmm. know. And I when I was editing it, I was like, fuck white supremacists. I'm gonna keep this in there like Mm -hmm. you don't get to own this word and then like right after I posted it I was like on like reading the news and there was just like I read it like seven times and it's like really connected to uh, extremely dark uh, horrible uh, movement going on Mm -hmm. that has been going on you know Um, and I was just like, this is kind of what bombing feels like, but it's a slow burn because you don't have anyone's response also. Like, Uh, you know, nobody, nobody reached out to me about it um, or anything. And it's clear that I'm not using it in that context, but it's just like, it is a word that has taken on a new shape and meaning since I wrote that script, at least for me, I, I'm sure that maybe it did exist as, as the white supremacist, like, I think it's like a war, you know, The, um, but I, I just have, uh, I had to like, accept that like, you don't have immediate feedback with film right. and like the mistakes right. that you make, like there's a lot more wondering involved, mm-hmm. like, um, and, and that's just like one that has a clear mistake. A, a lot of the stuff I'm talking about are like, did I communicate that? right mm-hmm. you know I've watched this scene over and over again like will that resonate with anyone um those types of questions are kind of just like slower burning um and and I have had to sit with a lot of unresolve um mm-hmm. and I I don't know I I it's a new and an interesting experience for me you know Usually, when you get off stage, you can feel if you bombed. Oh yeah, that you for can sure. Tell, <laughs> you know, or or if you did really well, you're like, I did really well. You know? Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah,
0: definitely. It's different. No, but with I people. have to say that feeling of kind of not knowing what happened and that that unresolved feeling, or kind of that just wondering. Um, I think that's another very universal thing. Like for me, I definitely felt that like earlier on, like when when I had um a breakup and i didn't understand why it happened or i don't know like it could even happen maybe like a friend just stops talking to you out of the blue and you just you don't know why just i think i don't know it and like certain cultures like at least growing up in the us like people i always wanted to know like the answers to things i always wanted to understand things i always wanted to look things up and now like you know everyone has a smartphone so people are now used to being able to have all the information all the time but really when it comes down to it like a lot of the times you just don't know um fully like the effect that you have on people you don't necessarily know like where everyone's coming from this is another thing that that's happened to me I don't know if you have the same experience um but um when someone says something they're saying it from their own sense of like all the lived experiences that they've had all kind of the cultural experiences they've had come everything that their parents have imbued them with but i sometimes still process it based on kind of the way i grew up but it but they're not saying it to me that way um i'm sure have you ha- i mean with all the acting that you do you come into contact with so many different people and you talk about all these different cultural things um can you talk a little bit about you you touched on this before but can you talk a little bit about kind of that but kind of how it relates to kind of just this feeling of of left wondering if you understood something or someone understood yeah can you talk about that unknown, yeah.
1: unknown. the unknown just like into the unknown ugh uh, i still actually haven't seen the second frozen so but i do <laughs> know that that song was in it um but i uh, yeah i think so my um I've been working on a screenplay for a while um, and it is, it is also a, a bilingual screenplay um, and just this, you know, project of mine. Um, and one of the central questions, is about a woman who's living actually in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Mm-hmm. One of the questions is like, do people change at all? Mm-hmm. You know, like even if you, you know, completely go away from home if you live most of your life in a language that like your mother didn't speak to you, mm-hmm. um, if you uh, fall in love and even have kids and have your career in a different place, like where are you just carrying out what you were always like meant to be in a different context or do you change? Like do things fundamentally change you? Do other people fundamentally change you? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, i I don't know the answer to that, you know, like mm-hmm. I don't think we ever will know. Um, but I think it's worth wondering like um, how much of myself is is determined, you know mm-hmm. and and it's just a, a spectrum perhaps of like learning how to um look at someone else and see them as also this like entire world of experiences and built up feelings and built up responses Mm. and, and self-defense mechanisms and things that make you feel pleasure and things that make you feel pain. Um, I think that it's just like one of the big mysteries that we are gifted, which is that like, uh, we, we really can't see into other people's heads. You know, Mm -hmm. we can't see how they see us. We can't, uh, we can't know how they see themselves.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, I don't really have a final comment on that. I just, that, you
0: know, I have to say that's fine. That, that kind of goes with the whole unknown, but um, Yeah. yeah, I, we don't, we don't always have all the answers, but I do think what you said is, is beautiful because you know, we live in in this very divided moment right now where people are so quick to pass judgment on people and i think what you said about just just realizing that you know everyone you come into contact with is a full complete person who has all of like the joys all of the talents all of the kind of miseries all of the emotional baggage that we have it's just like arranged differently and packaged differently just just realizing that i think is so important in allowing us to, at least begin to to empathize with everyone around us, and I think a lot of the times we can be so wrapped up in kind of our own world that we that we forget about that. But I think that is, um, that that's very important. So thank thank you for sharing that, Sage. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, we have gone on an emotional roller coaster today. We have talked about so many different things, so many different types of media. We've been on stage, bombing, feeling, are bearing our very soul. We've had slow burns. We've met, you know, people in different cultures. We've we, we've done it all. I mean, what what haven't we done, really? Um, so at this point, I I want to thank you for for everything that you've shared so far because I think. Um, I've learned a lot just from this from this time that we've spoken together and I wanted to ask you I've been asking all the questions today so I wanted to ask if there's anything else that you wanted to to share or impart with the listeners today hmm
1: i um I mean I feel like I did a whole lot of i, I the funny thing is like I get to the end of a conversation like this and I'm like That was a whole lot of hot air. Like,
0: like, (laughs) boy, you talk a lot, Sage.
1: But but I think like the final thing that I have really been reflecting on lately is um, just like how powerful, even if we don't know each other, even if we don't know each other in a fundamental way, we can't know what's going on in someone else's mind, how powerful it does feel when someone gestures to you that they see you You know, um, receiving a compliment, um, getting a message from someone you haven't spoken to for a long time to be on their podcast, Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, commenting or asking a real question or taking the time to like read something that people have put out there or, um, ask a question It really, I mean, in my lived experience can make all the difference, you know, Mm. like it can really like change the way I feel. So I've been reflecting on that lately. I'm like, I can't know. um, I can't know very much right now. You know, our political Mm. moment is very fraught. Um, We're in a very difficult situation with this uh, pandemic. I don't really know what the future of theater is. Um, what the future of acting is and I definitely don't know like what is next for me um, in terms of my life in general but like I do know that when I like have a moment of connection with another human it does make me feel better and it makes me feel um, affirmed in that like oh we are here together you know in this in all of our differences. So Mm. I've just been thinking about that, you know, like gratuitously compliment people is kind of what I have to say. So I want to say you're amazing. You're just, your natural talent as a podcaster astounds me. And I just think that it's very, very cool that, uh, you're doing this, this, this project and this conversation felt so good.
0: Oh, Thank you, Sage. I feel the same way. I, I had such a wonderful time speaking with you. Um, I have to say what, what you said just now, I mean, everything that you said is really beautiful, but um, I just love kind of so many people kind of just feel that they've kind of made up their mind about so many things. And I think, you know, um, just being like humble enough to expect to, to express that you don't necessarily know what happens tomorrow and that, you know, um, but also realize that you talked about adaptability earlier you're so adaptable, so capable. We're all, we're all more adaptable and capable than we think. So I think I absolutely love that. Um, and yes, I, I want to thank you so much for being here and also for speaking so honestly and openly and for, for being vulnerable, because I think, you know, um, that that's when you truly are yourself. And, I um, I felt very connected while we were speaking, so I really appreciate you you sharing everything with me. Um, and uh, and kind of the same thing that you were talking about when you were working with um, working with the people with um, with all the actors and producers, and they were entrusting and they were um, they were excited to work with you. I, f- I feel the same way. So thank you for being here and and for sharing everything. It meant a lot.
1: Yeah, back at you. So thank fun.
0: You. Yeah. Well, we'll have to do it. I'll have to do it again in Spanish. You just just let me know.
1: Muy bien. Yeah, Yeah. I'm down. Oh, I'm excited.
0: (laughs) Wonderful. Well, thank you for being here. Take care of yourself in these crazy times. And we'll talk again soon.
1: Sounds good, Misha.
0: Take care, Sage. Bye. Bye. We just spoke with Sage Bear. I had an absolutely wonderful time speaking with her and I think I think it shows. <laughs> we, we laughed, we felt so many emotions um, and I truly feel like I learned a lot from speaking with her. Um, she said, I always say this, but it's always true. <laughs> she said so many beautiful things that I think are so valuable. Um, and one of the things that I really wanted to highlight is just the abundance that she feels in the present moment. And the fact that a lot of the times in society, we have the idea of what it means to be, quote, successful. um, And that being successful means reaching a certain point or having accomplished a certain thing. Um, But in Sage's experience, performing in stand-up and especially in working on her web series Skype with Sage. She talks about how she feels realized in the present moment even if she doesn't necessarily have millions of viewers for her web series or even if she isn't a famous actress. She talks about just the joy of the process, just how fulfilling and exciting and liberating and terrifying it was to work on something that she was passionate about and to be able to share that experience with the community of people who were truly moved by it she also talks about kind of how humbling and how meaningful it was for even for despite the fact that she wasn't able to really pay um, people to work on the series with her that people really just believed in the project and wanting to participate I think a lot of the times when you embark on something that feels really meaningful, um, we feel that if we're not, if if the project doesn't immediately take off or if we don't immediately get a lot of traction, that that means that it's never going to have traction or we're just not good at something. Um, And really that's not the case. We live in this era of Instagram and instant gratification where I think there is that illusion. But really, for things to truly grow and blossom, if you think about a plant, it takes a lot of time. You need to lay the right soil and the right foundation. You need to water them the right amount and, and really let it grow and nurture it and, and be patient with it. Um, so in these moments where you're starting to work on a project, uh, what I really try to move into is that feeling of abundance that Sage talks about to think about the little victories that happened, the little small things that are really so meaningful, the fact that she worked on a project and people really just even wanted to participate in the project with her, the feeling that she had when she was doing the project, um, and the fact that after the project, people like myself uh, watched Skype with Sage and, and truly enjoyed it. So instead of focusing on accomplishments and things that happen in the external world, to move into the internal world and the feeling that you have because that abundance is really truly more spacious and it's really what will enable you to continue to um, stay with something that's meaningful to you even throughout the ups and downs. Well I had a wonderful time chatting with Sage. I I hope you had a nice time enjoying. I hope you find it Um, I hope you had a nice time listening. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed listening. (laughs) We talked about getting over perfectionism. Here we are. Here we are. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned. Um, And I'll be back in another two weeks with another episode of Dream Awakening with Misha Chakrabarty. Take good care. Bye.